Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, so it's Christmas Eve Eve, um, as people have started to call it, not in the least bit irritatingly. And as I was thinking last night, as I was finishing off my sermon last night on Christmas Eve Eve Eve, did I did I do enough Eves? Okay. Um, I was thinking about how this time of year, you know, I've, I've heard many Christmas talks in my life, many Christmas talks in my life, and they tend to kind of fall into a couple of categories. And the first category is, is a very familiar one, and it's, it's the one that says, don't forget Jesus this Christmas. Yeah, don't forget Jesus this Christmas as you're enjoying yourselves, as you're eating and drinking and opening your presents and generally just laughing and doing all those evil things. Don't, don't forget Jesus this Christmas. Poor little, poor little Jesus, you know, just alone in his little manger. And, you, and you've forgotten him. And you're just laughing and, you know, celebrating and eating, drinking, having presents and laughing. And you're just forgetting him. Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on you for forgetting Jesus this Christmas. Ah, oh, heathens. And it's the same kind of talk that comes from that same place where, you know, you, and I'm sure a number of you do this, that some point in October you, you've gone into Target and you've, you've heard Christmas music in Target in October and the first thing you feel like you need to do is get your phone out and complain about that on Facebook. So, you know, you see it every year. Every year it's the same thing. Oh, Christmas gets earlier every year. It's every year it does. You say the same thing. And you, you're there on Facebook, you know, oh, it's not even Halloween and there's Christmas music in Target. It's only October. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. But I love the commercialization of Christmas, so I'm not going to give that sermon. I love it. Chocolate, yes. Presents, yes. Santa, awesome. There's nothing wrong with the commercialization of Christmas. It's not commercial enough, I think. And... Um, <laughs> Because I come from England, and in England, it gets cold and dark about August. And so, we don't have Thanksgiving, because um, we don't believe in it. It's not, not much to give thanks for. Uh, the, <laughs> we, also, we also don't have Halloween, because we're not so into the celebration of evil. And so, we, <laughs> so Christmas is like our big thing. Christmas is like our big thing. So, we ramp up to it from like the beginning of September. So, I love it. I'm just like, from September onwards, we're... We're doing lights. We're like, screw the cold, screw the dark. We're just going to go for Christmas. So I love it. So I won't be guilting you into any remember Jesus this Christmas talks. Now, the other, the other kind of sermon that you often hear at Christmas is the one that is, you know, I'm sure you've probably heard it, the one that tries to eradicate all of, the, um, all of the misconceptions you have over the Christmas nativity story. Yeah? You know the ones, it's not three kings. It wasn't three kings that came. It was three wise men. They were astronomers, you know. It wasn't cold. 
It wasn't snowing. It was probably September in Israel. They don't have much snow in Israel in September. You know, and trying to break down all the misconceptions we have. And, you know, and and then I've heard talks that go further and it's like, well, you know, you've got to really understand the kind of the realness of it. The real realness of the nativity story where it would have been, it would have been nice, would it? It wouldn't have been nice. It would have been like, it wouldn't have been peaceful. It would have been like any other birth. And every other birth is like the opening scene to Saving Private Ryan, where there's (laughs) blood and screaming and blood and screaming. And so it would have been like any other birth, you know. And to illustrate the point of how terrible it was, I brought a placenta with me. And here's a, here's a placenta and a throbbing umbilical cord just to highlight the realness of how real the real birth was. And just so we can all share in this experience of the nativity, I've brought in a huge pile of donkey poo. So we can all smell the very thing Jesus smelt when he was born. That's the other way Christmas sermons can also go. And thankfully, I, I haven't brought my pile of donkey poo with me. Um, and my message today is, is neither of those things. My message is, is pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. My message is not, I'm not going to try and guilt you or shock you. I'm just going to ask you to do a simple thing. We're going we're gonna to look at um, the passage from Luke in a minute. And I'm going to do what the you know I'm going to try and do what the angels did to the shepherds, and I'm just going to try and call you, call you to worship. Come and worship Jesus today. I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm not talking about Christmas Day. I'm talking about today. Come and worship Him today. So I'm going to look at Luke chapter two. It's going to come up on the screens. I'm going to read some of it from chat from verse eight. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. If you think of Good Friday and Easter Sunday as the celebration of what Jesus has done, then Christmas is the celebration of who Jesus is. Before Jesus performed any miracles, 
before any of his incredible teachings, before he took on the cross or any sacrifice whatsoever, he was worshipped. He was glorified, even as a baby, even as a boy. People came to see and they left praising God. People only needed to hear about him and they were left amazed. And John, in his Gospels, he describes it like this. He says, Through him all things were made. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And this baby, this boy that's in this story, this is God. This is God. This is God's very own Son. Not as an idea to be understood or a concept to be grasped, but as a baby boy, to be seen. Is that ours, Emily? Oh. can't get anything done without those kids <laughs> ruining it <sighs> anyway <laughs> where was that jesus um jesus well, jesus came as a baby as a boy not to be not to be imagined or understood but to be known and to be seen to be met to be worshipped But as I was thinking about this, as I was thinking about that call to worship, I was thinking, for me and for us, it's, it's often not enough for us to see and to know before we worship. Often we're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting for our circumstances to change before we come and worship him. We're waiting for the inner healing that we need, the restoration we need before we begin to worship. We're waiting for the promotion we want or the pay rise we feel we deserve or the bigger office before we come and worship. We're waiting for our kids to get to college without getting anyone pregnant <laughs> before we come and worship. We're waiting for our depression to leave. We're waiting for the loved one, our parent, to be healed before we come and worship. We're waiting for the worship band to kind of play the songs we like or the style we like or the glory to fall before we come and worship. We wait. We hold back. Just knowing him and seeing him often isn't enough for us, is it? We want something to change. We want something to happen. But in this story, it's different. In this story of the angels and the shepherds, it's different. The shepherds, and indeed the wise men, needed nothing from him to worship him. They weren't there to get something from him. They were there for him. For him. All they wanted was to see him. All they wanted was to bless him. All they wanted was to worship him. And the shepherds, they were, they were just kind of going about their business in the fields, doing their thing with the sheep. I don't know what shepherds do. What sheep? Shepherdy things. They were doing their shepherdy things. And they weren't looking or searching or praying. They were just going about their business, doing what they always did. 
But when the call came, when the angel appeared and the call came to worship, they responded. And there were others in this story that worshipped too. We read in Matthew of these wise men from the east. These wise men from the east who are seekers, who are searchers, who are watching the skies, watching and searching the heavens for answers, looking for something more in life, looking for something more than themselves. And they came and they worshipped. And we read in Luke of a, a devout man called Simeon and a prophet called Anna. And these two characters, they're, they're two people who had are, who are devoted themselves to God. These two people who had devoted themselves to God and recognized him instantly. The moment he was brought into the temple, they knew him, they saw him, they recognized him. Which is one of the funny things about worship, which is the more you worship, the more you recognize him. And maybe you're like Simeon and Anna. Maybe you're faithfully seeking God and you're devout and you, you know him and you recognize him and you see him everywhere. Or maybe you're like the wise men. Maybe you're just eagerly searching for something beyond yourself, looking for life and truth and freedom. Look into the heavens, waiting for something to happen, waiting for a sign, waiting for God to speak. Or maybe you're like the shepherds. Maybe you're just going about your business the best way you know how. You're going about your life, you're going about your family, you're going about your work the best way you know how. And here you are, facing a call to worship, a call to come and worship him. And like the shepherds, it's, it can be a little bit terrifying. But God says, do not be afraid. The call to worship is good news. And Jesus isn't, Jesus isn't the reason for the season. He's the reason for everything. And he is here. It is real. I don't need to have a placenta and an umbilical cord and a donkey for it to be real. He is here. He has come. One of the central messages of the Christmas story is found in, in the word used to describe Jesus, which is Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel means God with us. God is here, here today, here in this place. He is here to be known. He is here to be encountered. He is here to be worshipped. I don't know what your favourite Christmas movie is. Anthony, what's your favourite Christmas movie? All right. The Christmas story? That's good. My favourite mo- Christmas movie, my favourite Christmas movie is um, Die Hard. And... Um, <laughs> It's the be- it's the best Christmas movie. Um, it is it is set at Christmas. 
And um, one of the reasons why I love Die Hard, um, one of the reasons why I love Die Hard is it's, it's, it's an awesome movie, and we all know it's an awesome movie, because German terrorists get shot and killed in a, in a number of incredibly creative ways. But that's not what I love most about Die Hard. What I love most about Die Hard is it's really a story. It's a story of a man. It's a story. Here we go. It's a story of a man. It's a story of a man fighting for his marriage. Is what Die Hard is. His marriage is a mess. His family is a mess, and there he is at Christmas time and um, killing Germans. And he's fighting. He's fighting for his marriage. He's fighting for his wife. He's fighting to save his family. That's what you know. That and, and maybe that's why Die Hard resonates more than other just normal shoot 'em up movies because there's something in it there's something there there's a man fighting for his marriage and maybe you're looking at maybe you're looking at 2013 coming up this new year this this new thing and you're thinking to yourself i've got a this year i'm gonna have to fight i'm gonna have to fight for my marriage i'm gonna have to fight for my family i'm gonna have to fight for my business i'm gonna have to fight to keep going to see my dreams happen. Or to even just keep it together. I'm just going to have to fight this year. And whatever the challenges that we face in our lives, whatever's in front of us, as we go into this new year, there's one way to face those challenges, and that is to come and worship. Not to wait, not to see how it pans out, not to see what will happen, not to see if the breakthrough you need will happen, not to see if you'll get rescued from the situation, not to see if it will all work out okay and happily ever after. But to come now, today, and to worship, to respond to the call. Glory to God in the highest. Here he is. Here he is today. Here, now, present. God with us. And so that's what we're going to do. That's going to be the call. That's how we're going to respond to God. Why don't we stand? One of the ways we um, we do things at RCC is is that we like to respond when God has spoken and we feel like God is moving and God um, is speaking to us and we hear Him and you know we feel inside of us that that prompt from the Holy Spirit that He is doing something He is changing He is calling us we like to respond and one of the ways we like to respond here is is we ask people to come forward and. And coming forward is just a little sign. It's not, you know, you can meet God where you are. You can meet God anywhere. But what we ask is that you just come forward to respond as a sign, as an opportunity just to say, Lord, I, I'm here for you. I'm going to respond to what you've done. I'm going to respond to what you're saying to me now. And I believe what God is saying to us this morning is that he's calling us again to worship not because of what he has done or even what he's going to do, 
but because of who he is. That he is God, that he is here, he is calm, and he is with us. So let's just pray now. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to invite, invite you forward. Calm Holy Spirit. Calm Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you as, we, as we're going about our lives, as we're going about our business like those shepherds today. You come and you call us and you say, come and worship. Come and worship the one. Come and worship the king. Come and worship this son of God that has been born and given to us. If that's you, if you, you're feeling that, that call, that draw to worship, maybe you're feeling like I've just been going about my business and, and I feel it now that God is calling me to worship. God is calling me to engage with him, calling me to come and see him and know him and meet him again or maybe for the first time. Why don't you, why don't you just begin to come forward and some of our prayer ministry team are going to come forward too. And the way we do it here is very simple. We just come to the front and we stand. Find a little space. And, and we respond by, we just, we just open up our arms and open up our hands. and Just as a sign, just a physical sign to God to say, I'm open to what you have for me today, to what you're saying to me today, to what you're doing in my heart. I want to respond to you. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I thank you that you are here. Jesus, I thank you that you are with us. I think that that little word that Will gave in the testimonies this morning is so, so right for today that you know we might not feel like God is in front of us or behind us or to our side. Well, and we feel like we need him to do that and need him to be there, but he is the rock underneath us. He is there. He is here with us. If you're on the team, just begin to move around.
what the team are doing. They're just putting a hand on people's shoulders and just praying and seeing if God says anything and God speaks. They're just blessing what God's doing. Nothing too weird or crazy. Jesus, where we're looking for a solution, where we're looking for a breakthrough, where we're looking for you to act before we worship, where we're looking for you to do something before we worship, Lord, we say, okay, I'm going to come anyway. I'm going to come now. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to come today. I'm going to come. I'm going to bring my heart to you today. I'm going to come and I'm going to see you and know you and meet you and worship you here I will bless you and I will glorify you. Before you do the thing that I'm longing for you to do. Before you give me the thing that I need. Before you rescue my marriage. Before you meet my children. Before you prosper my business. I will come and I will worship you. Because you are God, because you are King, because you are with us, because you are who you say you are.